Welcome back to the Purple Chair Podcast, where we amplify women in and around the game. I'm so excited to introduce you to Jackie Hamilton this week, mom of Raven's first round safety, Kyle. I left this convo with Jackie wanting to be her friend, and I know that you will too. She even moved her flight to come in early to tape this with us. I mean, how awesome is that? So without further ado, I give you Jackie Hamilton. So just to start, kind of what's your first memory of Kyle playing football? So this is a, it's a cute story. (laughs) Um, When he was three, um, I have an older son. Kyle has an older brother that's four years older. So he started playing football. So I, I used to take Kyle to all the practice. So he was three and he came to me. He said, Mom, Mommy, I want to play football. I was like, well, honey, at the park where they were playing, you have to be six. Mm-hmm. I said, well, honey, you have to be six to play. He was like, okay, nothing, you know, so okay. So fast forward three years later on his birthday, <laughs> he comes into my room. He said, I mean, we haven't talked about it since that day. Yeah. He comes to him and says, um, Mommy, I'm ready to play football now. Aww. His birthday's March. I'm like, well, honey, you have to wait till <laughs> football season. <laughs> so I guess, um, yeah, so that's my first memory of him wanting to play. That's crazy. As a three-year-old. Three-year-old. It, and, like, three-year-olds don't sit on information for but three years. Three years. And we haven't talked about it since that day. And on his birthday, that's he walks so into my funny. room and just casually, first thing in the morning, I'm ready to play football now. Was it like always football from then on? I know like his older brother played basketball as well in college and then his dad played basketball. Was it always for Kyle football or was there other sports in the mix? No, um, it depends. During football season, it was football. During basketball season, it was basketball. And for a while, it was baseball also. Hmm. And he kind of begged me that he wanted to stop playing baseball at eight. He was pretty good at that too, but he was like, okay, it shouldn't be a punishment. So I just let him stick with the football and basketball. He did pick up lacrosse one year on a dare from his friends <laughs> in high school. That's funny. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected lacrosse in there. So I guess kind of fast forward. He sticks with football, obviously. He ends up at Notre Dame. What was kind of the process through like high school of deciding throughout the college recruiting process and all that? How did he end up at Notre Dame? So this is also um, a kind of funny story. Kyle was, he was always on the thinner side, like skinny. So I call him itty bitty. And, um, <laughs> He's and, still lanky. Yeah, like. he's, he still is. I mean, he feels that a lot. But for a while, he was he was never the tallest or the biggest kid. Um, so we and with the family history, we thought he would go into basketball side because um, in Georgia, those football guys are pretty big, and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I was kind of um, scared. <laughs> yeah, and he was pretty good at basketball. So he had some basketball opportunities in ninth grade. Wow. And my goal was. This was never my goal. I mean, who knew this sure. was attainable, right? Sure. So my goal was, you know, maybe he can play in college mm-hmm. um, and have fun and go to go to school. So that was and it, and always been um, high academic school was not it was non negotiable. Mm-hmm. So um, he had some basketball opportunities. So we thought that would be the thing. And then one day he calls and says, um, he's like, Mom, um, FA, you offered me. I was like, Really? I was like. Um, is that a basketball school? He was like, no, it's for football. I'm like, really? And this was in 10th grade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So two days later, he was like, "Uh, this is during basketball season also. He was like, "Um, mommy, um, Louisville called me. They offered me. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a basketball school, Mm -hmm. but are you Louisville good? (laughs) I mean, no offense, but I was like, you know, that's a big time basketball school. Honesty from mom, yeah. Is that, are you Louisville good? He was like, no, it's for football. I'm like, really? So that's when I realized maybe there is something to this football thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always been 
one of the better players on the field. But, I mean, again, with the sample size being so small, how do you know whether your kid is Notre Dame good? Right. You know, or D1 good? Who knows? So I um so that's how I found out that football might be um his thing and and soon after that bigger football schools were calling than basketball schools. So that's when he decided that maybe football is is going to be his future. So that was really like the 10th grade then that it kind of turned. Um it started to turn but um the floodgates opened in his junior year. Mm-hmm. It went crazy. So what is that process like when all these offers are coming in as a family? How do you kind of weigh, you know, the academics, the big college football program? Like, and two years ago, you didn't even know this was going to be a possibility. Right. So, again, the high academic school is that was non-negotiable. So some schools, no offense, as soon as they <laughs> call, like, uh, you're not going there. Yeah. Just, that's not happening. And, you know, some of the better academic schools, stronger academics, we kind of, those offers get away from the pile so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he narrowed down to a few schools. And um, ultimately, I think um, I think he made the right decision. Notre, his high school is very similar to Notre Dame. Okay. I mean, they, there is, we call it like Notre Dame on training wheels, so to speak. <laughs> so I think it, it was a good fit for him because it was smoother transi- sure. transition. So, Why was the academic piece so important to you? I'm Korean. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just one thing that, I mean, okay, he might be taller, faster, stronger now. Sure. But one thing that nobody can take away from you is your brain and, and how you um, apply your mm-hmm. knowledge and skill set. So if football thing happens, great. Basketball thing happens, great. But even after those things um, sure. are over, what do you do? Right. I mean, if you're blessed enough to, to play in this league, what? At most, what, 10, 12, 13 years? Mm-hmm. And Kyle's 21 now. So when you're 30, 32, 33, you still have the rest of your life. What, what will you do? Right. There's only so much golfing you can do. Right? <laughs> I love that. I think that's really that's really great perspective. Um, so he does get to Notre Dame. Obviously, there's so much history with that program, and there's so many eyeballs on it. I mean, the I think I saw you post about this, but the Manti Teo documentary that came oh out this God. year. It's just like the amount of media attention on that school is so wild when you think about these guys coming in at 18 and are expected to, like, handle that. What was that like for you as a mom to kind of – have your son thrust into this, like, national spotlight in that way? So I had no idea. I love college football. However, I didn't follow Notre Dame like that. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, when he got the offer, I had to Google and see where it was. I didn't know it was in Indiana, much less a place called South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) So I had to look it up. And once I got there, beautiful campus. And um, But I didn't realize the magnitude of, like you said, all the eyeballs. It was bananas. Game days. I mean, even even during the recruiting days, like the the reporters calling and just it was mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I think it was like a surreal moment. Like every time I go to the game, and it's like I'm like, this is this is a thing. This is really happening. But um, I think he handled it a lot um, better than I did initially. <laughs> <laughs> How so? He's just he's just an even kill guy. He never mm-hmm. gets too high. He never gets too low. And sometimes, you know, fans they they love you one minute and they hate sure. you the next minute, right? So, sure. um, so you know, I, I read things and I'm like, 
hmm, as a mom, you know, you want to protect your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's not him. He didn't do that. And, you know, he was like, Mom, don't listen. He's like, don't read, don't listen, just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're going to say what they're going to say. Do you have a hard time, like, not jumping to his defense in those moments as a mom? Like, I feel like that would be tough to see someone that you love, like, criticize, especially when you know that it's not fair. Yeah, I don't mind if they're criticizing his playmaking ability or lack thereof. When he, you know, when he whiffs on a tackle, he's going to hear from me before anybody else. (laughs) Um, It's just, that's just the way how he was raised since, you know, we don't, um, there's no kid glove in our household. Whatever, other people may tell you what you want to hear, but I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. You know, he's, he was raised that way. Mm. Um, So I don't mind people you know, saying, oh, he missed this tackle, that tackle, that, those kind of things don't bother me. But when they start um, attacking his character mm-hmm. or um, wishing for bodily harm, yeah, those kind of things, like, yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, totally. I mean, because these, these guys, they are somebody's child, brother, and, you know, right. it's, it's, those things are hurtful. Yeah. Do you think that being at a program that was so public like that helped prepare him for coming to the NFL? I like to think so. But I think he's just, he's just wired different. He's, he never, again, he never gets too high and mm-hmm. he never gets too low. He's like, it's whatever. I feel like at a certain point, it kind of takes that personality to be that successful at something like this, you know? Yeah, I would think, I would think that that would be um, helpful. Sure. Definitely. So then after his junior season at Notre Dame, he kind of begins that pre-draft process. What was that time like for you? crazy like almost like watching a movie I'm like is this really happening like people that you see on TV those people are calling and I'm like really yeah is this a real thing yeah um so it was like watching a movie all the way from the whole draft process people agents and um reporters and people calling I wanted um asking him to appear on their podcast and different mm-hmm. shows and um, the whole drive process. And in Vegas, I mean, it's, it's like a movie. How do you balance, like, all those requests that he's getting at that time? Because obviously he's still trying to, you know, prepare for the draft, like, on the, from a football side, but there is that whole kind of other beast of an animal that's the media scrutiny, you know, the calls with teams and meetings with teams and all that sort of stuff. So I think um, – Collectively, we decided that we weren't going to do any fluff stuff unless it's necessary mm-hmm. that we're just not going to do it. Whatever you say or do, then people can take whatever they want out of it, right? Right. So why give them any kind of ammunition to twist and turn what you say or how you say it? So he just didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. At that time, did you kind of have any idea, okay, here's like where we think he's going to end up? Or are you just kind of draft night you're there you're waiting to see kind of like the rest of the world what's going to happen again you read things sure and you hear things but it's garbage in and garbage out (laughs) (laughs) so so you really never know I mean they tell you you could be from you know number whatever to you know they give you a range Mm -hmm. sure so we look at those teams in between that range and there were a few teams that I was like please don't pick him please don't (laughs) hopefully not here no (laughs) No, not here. I'm actually, um, we're, we're happy he's here. Totally. That's great. Yeah. Um, so after the draft, you know, he comes back here shortly. Obviously, he comes here, you know, right after the draft, press conference, all of that. But then he leaves. He comes back for rookie mini camp. 
What is that like sending your son off to like, okay, he's starting his job, you know, his big boy job. This is like now it's really becoming real. He's in the NFL. What is that time like? It's almost like sending your kid away to college for the second time. Mm -hmm. And he tells me later, I figure, I guess, but he said he's the youngest one on the team. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the dynamics a little bit different than college. In college, you got what? At most, you got, you know, four year age difference between freshman and senior but here you have guys that are in their 30s Mm -hmm. um married with children Mm -hmm. so whole dynamics a little bit different i think um i think he had to get adjusted to it adjusted to the whole the dynamics of the team but i think he's it took him a minute and i was checking on him because he was always in his hotel room (laughs) (laughs) how often are you checking in on him at that point we text almost every day i don't call him all the time but I text him like almost every morning and um, after practice. Like, how'd you I do? <laughs> yeah. Did you make a play? <laughs> no missed tackles. Yeah. <laughs> so now that he is, you know, in season, what's kind of your routine been? Obviously, you're still kind of figuring that out as your first time going through all this, too. But do you plan like to be at every game? Do you travel? How does that work? That's the plan. Um, I missed one of his college, college games. I went to every game, home game, away game. Wow. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I can probably only count on one hand how many games I missed since he was five, to be honest. Yeah, so um, that's the plan. But um, playing, you know, going to 12 games versus 17 plus Mm -hmm. um, is a little different, but that's the goal. So awesome. That's really cool. And I'm sure that's rewarding for you, too, to be able to be there in person when, you know, these big moments do happen. Exactly. That's that's my, um, I guess, fear. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to do something if I'm not there. And, and no I would admit, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have seen it. So speaking of, we're coming off a game um, at the Patriots where he had this huge force fumble that helped seal the game. And, you know, the game the week before Miami was a tough one for the Ravens secondary. And they kind of had to come back, you know, to have this big redemption moment, so call it, in in that New England game. What was that like for you, especially to be there in that moment and see him make, you know, he's on this new big stage now to see him make a play at that level. Yeah, so... Let's go back to the Miami game sure. first. Um, I felt like he was doing well mm-hmm. until the fourth quarter. Sure. Um, and, you know, something happened, obviously, whether it was him or somebody else, something happened. So that wasn't fun. And, again, I was reading a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. that wasn't fun. But And then come back the following week, he make one of the major turning point type of players, right? So I think being who he is, he's probably still even kill. I don't, I mean, he's, it's kind of weird that way. He's, I don't think he ever got, I'm sure he was upset, but I don't think he was like distraught, mm-hmm. nor is he like elated. Like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think um, he wasn't happy, the outcome of the Miami game, obviously, but um, he was happy about the um, Patriots game. You kind of mentioned this, but, like, because he's so even-keeled, even during training camp, I remember, like, if he does feel like something is deserved, he really takes that kind of head-on, and he owns that, which I've been really impressed yeah. with. I think that's tough, especially as a first-round rookie, because you know so many eyeballs on are on you. Where do you think he kind of gets that from? Accountability is a, is a big, big thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's always been raised to do what you say you're going to do, mean what you say, and if you do something wrong or if you make a mistake, own up to it and, and try not to make the same mistakes over and over. Right. That's how you learn and that's how you grow and you evolve. He has uh, practiced that in his um, life. Yeah. Do you think there's 
any more of that because he is a first-round pick, or do you think that it would have kind of been that way regardless? I think it's just him. I think it's just, I mean, I think you're wired the way you are wired. So you don't, and I always tell them, I say, all this money and fame, it's, it doesn't change anybody. It just makes you more of what you already are. Because mm. if you're a nice, kind, gentle person, then you have this great platform and resources to do much nicer gentle great things and if you're the other you know if you're on the other side then watch out magnifies that exactly i love that that's that's awesome so i want to dive in a little bit to the two of you's relationship i actually interviewed him a few weeks ago and you kind of alluded to this too but he said that you are tough on him you hold him accountable (laughs) out of and he knows that's out of love so is that is that fair you think that's a fair assessment yes (laughs) yes he, say, he says I'm mean. I don't think I'm mean. <laughs> he didn't use that word to me. He tells me I'm mean. <laughs> but look, I mean, look where it's gotten him. It's paid off. And like now he is able to kind of like, you know, hold himself accountable in that way too. That's really cool. He also said that he credits you for one of his game day superstitions. Do you know what that is? I think I saw this um, to t- turning off the lights. Yes. <laughs> So my guess is you don't have children. I do not have children. Okay. No. So um, if you have kids, you know, or what, you'll look back on this later and mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what she was talking about. <laughs> kids will leave the water on, the lights on, the TV on for, I mean, in every room that they go to. I mean, the water's running for <laughs> 15 minutes before they even get in the shower. So you know, try, you know, trying to teach them not to be wasteful. Sure. Um, so and I'm like, if you're not watching. Or if you're leaving, just turn it off, whether it's TV or light or whatever. And I always tell them, I say, you don't understand this until you get your own house and you have to pay your own Mm -hmm. expenses. Right. Because now it's like, you know, you got the big money tree in the back and just whatever. Yeah, mom's paying for it. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was funny to me that he, he feels like it's like a karma thing, too, when he leaves his hotel room. He was <laughs> like, it's bad karma. If I leave the TV on, then I'm not going to play well. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure there's a correlation there. I'm but okay with that. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you have any game day superstitions of your own? I text him every morning um, and pretty much, like, it's not the exact same thing, but mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing, like, and I have done that since like high school it's clearly worked so we'll, we'll keep yeah. it we'll keep it going what is he like as a son we talked about you as a mom but what's he like yeah. as a son he's a good kid he's thoughtful mm. he's kind he's funny i mean he's, he has very dry sense of humor and it takes him a he has to know you for that side mm-hmm. of how to come mm-hmm. out but he's very funny I did pick up on that. We had him do stuff for media day. And I was like, okay, there's like a sneaky sense of yeah, humor in here. He's I like witty it. and funny. But yeah. again, he has to like really know you. And then it's, it's going to be like giggles. Very witty. I love yeah. that. So that's a little bit about your relationship. And like as a family, something that's really impressed me is like kind of the community involvement that you guys have together. I saw, you know, when he was in college, you guys attended a Black Lives Matter rally together. And now he's doing this donation where every time you know the team gets an interception the Ravens defense gets an interception this season he's making a thousand dollar donation to the Y here so how did that kind of come about and why is that so important to you guys you know we're we're only here for a finite period of time all of us are Mm -hmm. and it's just just not about us uh, me 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 it's about the community it's about the person next to you and I've always told them that you help those um that aren't able to help themselves, and you speak up for those that can't speak for speak up for themselves. 
So, and you do what you can. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the world. And just because it's not your problem, that doesn't mean it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. And whatever you can do to contribute and help, um, and you should. Especially yeah. now that he has this, you know, this, platform. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that knife cuts both ways, right? So when you, you know, the things you say or do could have a nev negative effect or a positive effect on whomever. And it's up to you to figure out, you know, how you want to communicate that. I love that. It's kind of like you were saying before, you know, the money doesn't change people. It just yep. magnifies, you exactly. know, so what impact are you going to make a positive one or right. a negative one? That's really neat. You know, kind of talking about impact, but sort of in a different way. He had a lot of success. I know when he was in college, when the NCAA opened up the NIL mm -hmm. deal, um, so much so, in fact, that he bought you a Tesla with his <laughs> earnings. <laughs> As a mom, what did that mean to you? You know, that he said that, you know, this was because of all that you'd sacrificed for him. He wanted to be able to kind of give back to you in that way. I was so surprised and thankful but it was so unnecessary and I told him that and I've been drilling him since um you know since we thought that this may happen I was like hey don't um, don't buy anything big or stupid <laughs> or crazy off your first contract you know, don't do yeah. that I said if you're blessed enough to get a second one then maybe you can splurge but not on the first one I said right. you know I'm good I have a house and I have a car I'm okay so just you know make sure you save it up for a rainy day and he surprised me with that just before the draft, and I told him, I said, you don't even have any money yet. <laughs> he was like, I got it. Don't worry about it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And I love it. I love it. Not going to the gas station is a plus. Yeah, especially these days. Yeah, I feel that. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his brother was kind of involved in helping like manage that. I know that's kind of his bread and butter now, too. So it was kind of a whole family aspect there with the NIL deals coming in and all that. Yeah, so he only had like small window, right? I, mm -hmm. They were like, so his class was like what, practice dummies with the NIL? Right. So it passed on July 1. Okay. And he knew that he didn't want to do too much um, once the season started. So you only had like a couple of months to mm -hmm. get everything, um, you know, locked and loaded, so to speak. So, and we decided that we didn't want to go with an agency to do this. We just wanted to do it ourselves. Um, so we created like a little Gmail, like I think KH Inquiries or something like that. Um, and he put it on his um, Twitter bio and his Instagram bio. And next day, I mean, we just had emails wow. after emails. And his brother and I, we kind of sift through and we were kind of like the gatekeepers, mm -hmm. kind of figure out this might be worth it. This is like dead on arrival. Um, <laughs> We've had, like, a liquor company of vodka. I'm like, he's 20. Yeah. He can't. Like, he legally cannot do that for you. <laughs> right. I'm like, he's 20, and we can't do this. So, yeah, we were kind of like a gatekeeper. So once we decided that something was um, worth pursuing, then right. we took it to Kyle and say, are you interested? And then if he would say yes or no, and then we would then work the deal. But he didn't want to do too much. He's like, right. he said, it's not that big of a deal. He said, I just want to do something, but I don't want to do too much. I mean, you're also balancing college and exactly. football. Like, it's a lot, especially when you're in college. I also read that you both share a love of painting. And you were a high-end painter, I believe. And he had some art displayed at a museum as a child. So is that yes. still a passion that you both share? I still paint. And awesome. him, not so much. <laughs> He's <laughs> think, a little busy. I think I saw during the draft process yes. the Raven logo thing. Yeah, to paint the like, logo. Oh, my God. It was not as bad as some others. <laughs> Probably could have used a little work. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I'm like, God, I was like, what happened? Yeah, he was pretty good when he was younger. I think he was in 
third grade, he wow. actually came in second place in his school contest. And the following year, they selected like uh, three or four different pieces, and they they had a showing at a local museum. Really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. What a talent. And I still have it. That's awesome. Of course, it's really cool. So not so much anymore, but you still you still do. Yes. All right, one last thing for you before we let you go. We finished a little game, this or that, called the Purple Hot Seat. So I'm going to give you, you just pick one. The first one is a Fighting Irish win or a Ravens win? On Saturday, Irish. On Sunday, <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> a Kyle interception or a forced fumble? Interception. More fun. Yes. And what's the home-cooked meal Kyle asks for when he comes home? He has two things, actually. Um I guess he's a southern boy at heart. Uh, fish and grits. Mm. <laughs> so fried catfish and grits. And second one is um, seafood gumbo. Oh, I love gumbo. Yeah, I'm southern. So this is a. These are some meals after uh, my own heart. I love that. And I make mean seafood gumbo. Oh, so I'm gonna have to try that someday. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for the time. This was great. Thank you. I really enjoyed getting to know Jackie Hamilton this week. I think her perspective on life outside of football is really refreshing, and it's clear why Kyle's so grounded and humble. Okay, so I teased this on Twitter, but I have a good story for y'all this week. This past week, Britney Spears' husband DM'd me on Instagram, and that is a sentence I quite literally thought I would never say aloud. So our last game at home was Sunday Night Football against the Bengals, and it was wild for multiple reasons, not just Tucker's game winner, but off the field too. So Katie Bollinger, who you may remember from season one of the podcast, is in charge of coordinating influencers and celebrities who come to our games. So I work closely with her to come up with who we want to feature on our social channels. This past home game, we had probably one of the longest lists yet. I mean, it's Baltimore, so we don't always have a ton of quote-unquote celebrities. But this week, that included reality stars Paige DeZorbo, Craig Conover, and Robin Dixon, along with basketball legends like Robin's husband, Juan Dixon, and Kelsey Plum, Peloton instructor Dennis Morton, actor Josh Charles, and we can't forget Nelly was there. So already a pretty solid list, right? Well, Friday afternoon, I'm sitting at my desk and I notice I have a DM request on my personal Instagram. Anytime someone I'm not following messages me, it goes there. Just a little security measure. So I open it up and I see a blue check mark and the name Sam Asgari. And I'm like, why is that name so familiar? Holy cow, that is Britney Spears' husband. So to make a long story short, we determined that he had in fact not been hacked and that I should definitely start checking the Ravens DM requests more often because he'd messaged us there a few days before. So Katie was able to hook them up for Sunday's game. He was super nice and we are praying that Brittany wants to come back with him soon. So for all the haters that think social media is so bad, you just never know what can happen. And I've probably peaked in this job. Anyways, thanks for listening, and don't forget, next week, right here at the Castle, Friday, October 28th, we are going to have a live taping of the Purple Chair podcast with Chanel Smith, wife of Ravens legend and Super Bowl champion, Tori Smith, who I'm so excited to get to chat with, so don't forget to get your tickets for that. They're available on our website, and I look forward to seeing you there. Don't forget to share the podcast with your friends. If you're enjoying it, leave us a rating and subscribe, and I'll talk to you soon.